Are you a skilled technician? Start getting paid what you're worth. Maintenance, America's premier facility maintenance company, is now hiring skilled, qualified technicians in your area. Maintenance needs the best of the best in plumbing, electrical, HVAC, general maintenance, and more. Enjoy high wages and full benefits. Get equipment and company vehicle at no cost. Become a part of one of the largest self-performing facility maintenance and repair companies in America. Start getting paid what you're worth. Apply today at maintenance.com. Welcome to Podcasting Smarter, the podcast for podcasters by podcasters. Podcasting Smarter is the official podcast from Podbean, featuring podcasting interviews, best practices, and helpful tips. We're here to give you the tools, resources, product updates, and news to help you get started podcasting and keep your podcast growing. Hello and welcome to Podcasting Smarter. This is Norma Jean Belenke, Podbean's Head of Events. And in today's episode, we're having a conversation with Cole Raven, the co-founder and chief revenue officer at Podchaser. We're going to speak about content discovery and all of the ins and outs of episode credits. Stay tuned. And here we go. Hi, Cole. How's it going? Hi, it's going great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're so excited to have you here today and to talk all about Podchaser. So first off, can you tell us about the origins of Podchaser and how the idea for the platform came about? Yeah, it's actually been a while since I've had the opportunity to tell the story. So thanks for asking. We're uh, the group of the four of us, four co-founders actually met back in 2016 through Reddit. So Bradley, CEO of Podchaser, posted on Reddit asking if anything like an IMDb or a Rotten Tomatoes of podcasting existed. So in the same way, you could search for actors on IMDb and see their filmography, asking if something like that existed in podcasting in the community overwhelmingly on Reddit. I think it's our podcasts. And that post is still live if you want to go find it. Community overwhelmingly said that nothing like that existed. Ben, our, our current CTO, responded and that's how Bradley and, and Ben got connected. I've actually known Bradley since we were in the sixth grade. So we're childhood friends. And he brought me on along the ride soon after he met Ben. And Ben brought in Ryan, who is our chief design officer. And so that's how the four of us got connected. And we spent the first year and a half to two years really bootstrapping the whole thing, building it from the ground up, asking the community what they wanted in a product like that. And had just overwhelming response from day one. Before we even launched it, there were thousands upon thousands of people who had registered for early access to it. And whenever it did go live, we just saw a lot of traction and it grew really fast. And so then we started to think about fundraising to fund it long-term because we, this is something that we were doing on the nights and nights and weekends and in our spare time and everybody on the team had full-time jobs. But we saw the potential and we wanted to continue to see it grow. And it was something that we personally wanted in the podcast space to help discover new, interesting content. There's so many podcasts being created and published every single month. And so we felt like it was just a gap in the market and in the space and much needed. And we're still here. So I think people like it enough to continue supporting us. And now we're tracking well over 100,000 unique creators on Podchaser and their credits. And you can go search for the individual, all of these individuals and create a profile yourself on the website. And we're seeing millions of page views a month and just organic traffic and visitors. And it's been just a joy to see it grow over the last, this has been almost seven years since inception. So it's kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, absolutely. Time flies. And for everybody out there, we'll get into kind of what Podchaser does now. It's kind of like an IMDb, which is an acronym for the Internet Movie Database. 
where you can kind of look up. It's kind of the podcast version of that. So you can look up a show, you can see who's worked on it, which episodes, episode credits, and it really also helps with episode discoverability. So Cole, can you walk us through some of the key features and functionality of Podchaser and how they benefit podcasters? Yeah, well, we can we can start there just with creator profiles and credits. So it's really a way for podcasters to get credit for the creation of their podcast. Many podcasters are creators that are responsible for the editing and producing and hosting and take on all of these different roles for their podcast. And they might be involved in the creation of other podcasts. And this is really an opportunity for you to showcase yourself and your talent through attaching a profile of yourself to the podcast that you've helped create. So if you go and search for really any, a good example would just be to search for maybe a celebrity or somebody on Podchaser that you know has done maybe a lot of guest interviews or the production. You could search for Ira Glass or Conan O'Brien or really anybody, anybody like that to see a good example of what a creator profile might look like. And from there, you'll see us highlight different roles that they've taken on shows. So it might be host, editor, or producer, but we also have different roles like writer, composer, you know, a lot of different behind the scenes credits that people take on for the creation of these shows. So that's one of the features. So it's, it's a really good way to kind of build a almost like a professional resume for yourself and the work that you've done in the podcasting space. So you can build a profile for yourself, upload a picture, add all of your credits, all the different work that you've done, and then you can share that to show all the podcasts that you've been involved with. And everybody can then from that link, discover and listen to all of those shows in one place. So um, it's really great for professional development, for discovery. Then it starts to show up in things like Google search results so people can organically find you. You can add things like bio on there and other detailed information about yourself if you want so that people can learn more about you, including things like your your personal website or social media handles and, and that sort of things. That's the first thing is just creator profiles and credits. So I encourage everybody to go out there and do that and attach it to your podcast. Yeah. And then as a follow-up to that, I would say like we built this in the beginning, really first and foremost for just the everyday listeners. So out of the millions of page views that we get on a monthly basis, close to half of those visitors are actually using Podchaser as a desktop or mobile listening solution. So maybe they searched for some keyword in Google and they landed on Podchaser and maybe they've got a tab pulled up on their computer while they're at work and they're passively listening to a podcast in the background. It's a really great desktop listening solution. So you can do things like build lists on Podchaser of your favorite episodes or favorite shows. You can bookmark and save things for later. So if you want to just always keep a tab open through these different discovery tools that we've built, like the creator profiles, or other things like ratings and reviews, you, you can then start to curate a listening experience for yourself through those means. All right, based on who you like. Absolutely. And I mean, I think it's so interesting because podcasting is an open medium, right? So there's so many podcasters out there that work so hard and so diligently on their shows, but there's really in the past before Podchaser, there hadn't been anywhere to credit and to say, hey, I did this work, right? And to build up your resume. So a lot of podcasters are becoming podcast service providers and Podchaser really enables people to track the work they've done and to build their career in a way that is visible to the industry as well. So it's very cool. Yeah. And if there's somebody that you love in the space, you can even follow them and keep up with anything new that they do. So if you want to find a creator that has a profile on Podchaser, there's a big follow button on the page. So you can make an account and follow them and we'll send you email updates anytime. Maybe they release a new show or they're an editor on something new that you wouldn't have otherwise discovered. So it's a way to not just like subscribe to individual podcasts. You can actually follow people that you like and then encourage people to follow you. 
Yeah, absolutely. So if there's somebody like you mentioned, like an Ira Glass or a celebrity or even just a podcaster that you love, you can follow them so that maybe when they guest on other episodes, you can still find them, which is really fun and it automatically pulls them up. So I want to talk a little bit more about the journey of building Podchaser. So what were some of the biggest challenges you faced in building Podchaser? And how did you and the team overcome them? Oh, man, there, there's been so many. It's a real startup. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a real journey. So there were, I could, I could take this so many different directions, but it, I'll start with really from the beginning, because we built this as, as a consumer discovery tool, it, there was no revenue component in the early days. So it was very much bootstrapped whenever we did go and raise money from investors. It was really built on the dream of this becoming something that that listeners just habitually came back to and used and showed up in Google search results and became this destination for listening and with faith that we would figure it out. <laughs> and and so so in the early days that was it was always very stressful because it was like, you know, maybe we could do this for revenue, but we don't want to disrupt the user experience. Like that's number one. Like we don't want to plaster ads all over the website, which we're still reluctant to do because we don't want it to disrupt that listening experience that people have. Or we could create maybe uh, different paid subscription things for listeners. So if they want additional features, maybe they could unlock that by paying us. But then we didn't want to do that either because, you know, we were building all this cool stuff and we just wanted everybody to have access to it. It's like, oh, well, if we put the ability to bookmark things behind a paywall, then like people are just going to use it less. Like it really didn't make any sense. Um, so every new feature that we built and developed has just been on the consumer side has just been free and open, open to use, including some of the stuff that we're just about to come out with. So like we've got these new, this new big search overhaul and it's like, that's not, we don't intend to charge for any of that. So the challenges of reconciling, building something that is, useful and robust, but at the same time, putting off monetization was was tough. And, you know, we had to hire, we, we hired full-time developers and it's something that we were just, you know, really passionate about. And we just, again, had, had faith that the money would come at some point. So we went through multiple rounds of funding that way, really pre-revenue. And so that was definitely one of the bigger challenges and convincing people along the way that we were here to stay, that this, this wasn't going to be flash in the pan thing and that we were looking at the long term and for this to become a foundational part of the future of podcasting, which hopefully hopefully by this point, we've been around for six or seven years. I think that people, we've overcome that. So that's exciting. But that, that was definitely one of the early challenges. And then also just like building, it's funny to even say this now, but like building a, a fully remote team, even back in like 2018, was still a fairly new like concept. And whenever, yes. whenever we went to like raise money or pitch different things or pitch the remote work life to a potential hire and they ask, you know, where your offices are, well, we don't have one. And they're like, what do you mean? And that was it's still, it's, it seems like, like a lifetime ago, but that was the reality. And now it's like every company is remote and it's, we were just maybe like a year ahead of our time or something, but that was it proved to very much be a challenge with with investors and with hiring. And but it also enabled us to hire from a nationwide pool of talent and bring in people that were really passionate about podcasting. And I think that also was uh, really really helped to support our growth too. So it was it was a challenge, but also I think a strength along the way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think focusing on the user is incredible. You know, it's something where. I think a lot of startups or companies feel pressure to monetize, monetize, monetize very early, but to really be focused on the product is important. So yeah, absolutely. I guess I'm wondering next, Podchaser's approach to content discovery 
is incredible, right? Because you can follow different creators. You can, even if you like someone like you were mentioning, who's composing or writing music, you can follow them all. Like they did the music for this podcast and they did the music for this podcast. So how does Podchaser approach content discovery and what are the strategies that you guys use to help users find new podcasts to listen to? Yeah, that's been an evolving thing over the years because the original idea was always that like episode level discovery is really hard. How do we solve episode level discovery? Because there are so many, there's so much evergreen content out there with like interviews and great episodes that maybe aired three years ago, but it's something I would still want to listen to today. And maybe the next latest released episode isn't something that I would enjoy as much as that episode that released three years ago. So thinking about all, you know, however many there are, 5 million podcasts out there now, like as a whole is really how we like to think about it and not necessarily just like what's new and exciting. So I think that kind of ties directly into credits, which makes a lot of sense because you can look at historical catalog of somebody's contributions to a podcast, but also through ratings and reviews. Um, It's something that I think has still been a challenge to even through today is encouraging just even the participation in leaving things like episode level ratings and reviews, which we do have a lot of users who are doing this and building episode lists that they're sharing and focusing more on the content of individual episodes versus the entirety of a podcast, because a podcast might have hundreds of episodes. So recommending an entire podcast to somebody is quite different from recommending a single episode. And so that's why we've added features like the ability to leave episode level reviews or to recommend individual episodes or to add credits to individual episodes. And we've taken a really strong stance on just maintaining this full historical catalog of podcasts. So you can even find episodes, they might be unplayable, but things that from 15 years ago are still going to be on Podchaser so that you can see maybe it's some an episode that somebody helped edit, you know, a decade ago, but it's still, it's still going to be on Podchaser. So we really look at it from a holistic vantage point versus just like what's new and hot and exciting today. Yeah, absolutely. And I think breaking it down on an episodic level is so important, right? Because everybody has those podcasts where, you know, there's some where you listen to every single episode and you're so excited. And, you know, every time a new episode comes out, it feels like your birthday. And then there's other podcasts that you listen to and you're like, oh, I really love about 50% of the episodes, right? And the other ones, maybe you'll listen to, maybe you won't. But to break things down on an episodic level really enables way more discoverability. So that's fantastic. And, you know, in terms of from the podcaster side, building your resume and having those credits, you know, even 10, 15 years back, like you're talking about, it's almost like a LinkedIn, mm-hmm. you know, it almost shows like your work experience. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And you can see the growth and evolution of your own podcasting over the years. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I want to talk about kind of that podcaster side of things. So what are some best practices that podcasters can do to maximize their credits and discovery? So I would first just encourage you to go build one first, because you might see that we have these different default roles that you might not even be thinking about right now, just off the top of your head and considering in in creating these profiles, like especially if you're doing behind the scenes work and doing things like mixing or editing or or you're a voice actor, maybe on a on a fiction podcast. Like we have credits for all of that. So I would definitely go build a profile, look through the different roles, and then start. We have a we have a smart feature on Podchaser that can recommend guest credits just using 
your name or different contextual information from episodes in our database. So as you're going through building your creator profile, we'll help along the way. So you can easily one click add your guest appearances. So it's not something that's going to take you a lot of time to do. So I would first encourage you to go do that. But then I would go support your favorite podcasts. And I know that they appreciate this because you can go leave ratings and reviews on Podchaser. It's a very simple, fast, easy experience compared to leaving ratings and reviews on other unnamed platforms. But you can <laughs> leave a rating and review. That'll actually, as long as the podcaster has already claimed their podcast on Podchaser, which tens of thousands have, they'll get a notification that you left them a, a rating and review. And then they can actually reply to that too. So you can do this as a, as a podcaster as well. If you have your own show or ask for things like ratings and reviews, I would encourage them to also do it on Podchaser because it's a way to engage with listeners. And you can actually leave individual thoughtful responses to the to the reviews that people are leaving for your show. So I would encourage, yeah, I would just encourage you to build a creator profile, leave ratings and reviews for the shows that you love, encourage your listeners to do the same, and then build lists and share those. That's something that we see a lot of discovery happening on Podchaser organically through Google search, just with lists that people have built. So it could be best true crime podcast of 2020, or it, it could be anything. But I would add your own podcast to those lists if you're looking for more discovery or just build lists for yourself. You can make them private. You can take notes on those lists. You can share it with friends. Those would be the first few things I would do on Podchaser. And then as you do that, it helps to curate your homepage. There's a feed on your homepage. So it'll help to curate that. So as you're following things and rating and reviewing things, then your homepage feed will become personalized and customized to you. So as you follow other users and creators and podcasts, you'll start to get this feed of information about activity happening on those shows that you can keep up with and maybe discover other new episodes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you really also spoke about community, right? A lot of that engagement of commenting on other people's shows, sharing what shows you like, a lot of it is about building your podcast community. And whether that's audience, right? Engaging with the audience if somebody leaves a comment or a rating or a review saying, hey, thanks so much. I'm so glad you're listening to the show. Or building that yourself, you know, reviewing other podcasts and kind of building that network is such an important aspect of podcasting. We are in a relational medium, right? Podcasting is... It's so personal. And and we talk about this all the time on Podcasting Smarter, how sometimes it feels like it's you in the mic, right? (laughs) You're... You're, you know, under the covers or in your closet and you're recording, but there is a community out here and people are open and excited to engage. It's really fun. I want to ask next about in terms of how people are building profiles and you kind of briefly touched on this, but how does guesting play into credits and audience development and expanding your profile within the industry? Yeah, that's a great question. So there's kind of two ways to do this. You could do a lot of this research on Podchaser. You could you could look at maybe podcasts that have overlapping content to yours and see what types of guests they're having on their show using Podchaser credits. And then maybe based on the content of those episodes, maybe you give some of them a listen. You could then use that as a research tool to go find great guests to have on. We have a lot of podcasters doing that on a regular basis. You can also look for creators that are similar to you that are appearing on other shows. And you could start reaching out to those other podcasts to do guest appearances. And both of them are great for audience development. If you're looking to build awareness for your own show or your personal brand or or anything like that, you can do a lot of that research just purely on Podchaser through these guest credits because it's really like 
diving down a rabbit hole because once you click on one creator profile and guest appearance, it's going to take you to another podcast. It's going to take you to other creator profiles and guests that you never knew about. And you never know where it's where it's going to take you because there's just so many shows on Podchaser in the database. But once you start clicking through it, I think you'll discover shows you didn't even know existed. They're currently publishing and releasing episodes that have an existing audience that may want to hear what you have to say, or that may have guests that you would also like to have on that you didn't previously know about. Yeah, absolutely. And then you can add those credits to your profile and it really helps connect you further within the industry, which is fantastic. Yep. And then people will find you and then they might reach out to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I want to kind of ask a little bit about how the ratings and reviews are, how you guys make sure that they're unbiased, right? Because I think now in the age of especially AI, (laughs) we're living in the future. We're here. So how at Podchaser do you guys ensure that that user-generated content ratings and reviews is accurate and unbiased? Or how do you guys control that kind of dialogue on the platform? Yeah, this is a... It's a really tough question and, and, and yeah. tough <laughs> Yeah, and it's something that we... You know, we do have a moderation system. We have thousands upon thousands of ratings and reviews coming through the platform. And, you know, we do get the occasional hate speech, threats, that type of thing. And we have a very clear terms and conditions policy where if it crosses a line, we will take it down. For the most part, we want to give both podcaster and the listener a voice. And so if it's something that is that doesn't violate our terms and conditions, we take... And this is the same thing for the content on Podchaser because we want to be a complete database. That's really a data company first and foremost. So we try to keep a complete collection of all shows on Podchaser, whether or not we agree with the content. And in the same way with with our users, they may have an opinion about a show that, again, we may or may not personally agree with as long as it's not violating our terms and conditions. Something that we moderate, but only will take action if it's if it violates that. I, I couldn't recite exactly what our terms and conditions are to you, but we have a whole you know data. No, moderate. I'm sure, I'm sure. It's, and they're it's really, on the it's site. It's a really tough problem, though. We get there's there's crazy people out there. <laughs> it's it's interesting though, right? Because there is that balance between free speech and then you know where where is the line? Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. And I think in terms of moderating a platform that has you know it's it has so many podcasts that really are on it you know, with, with credits and in inter- and that level of interaction. And on, it's something on both where sides of everything and there's on there's both sides of everything and all sorts of stuff. It does require some pretty intense moderation and we do have like a really good data team. And even whenever you go and add a guest credit or create a creator profile on Podchaser, it all goes through a manual approval process. We have a team that spends all day, every day reviewing submissions to Podchaser to keep it as safe as possible because there's a lot of a lot of it is also just there's a lot of bots out there and spam and that's one piece of it but then also we want to make sure that it's you know within our it's not violating any terms or or threatening to somebody or anything anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. That's super important. And speaking of data analytics, what kind of data analytics and insights does Podchaser offer to podcasters and how can they use this information to improve their content and the reach of their shows? Yeah, that's a great question. A lot of people may not know this, but Podchaser, a few years ago, we acquired two companies, uh, Pod Rover and Pod Charts. And Pod Charts is something that's actually free and open for the most part, and that just keeps track of chart positions for you. So yeah, I think you, you can pay to subscribe to it if you want like notifications about your own show. Or if you just go to podcharts.co, you can actually see 
the current chart positions for every category. So it's something that you could use just to track that. So if it's something where, you know, you want that type of notification, you can, it's very affordable. It's something that we want to make accessible to as many people as possible. So that's one thing that we have. And then also um, Pod Rover will do the same thing, but, but for ratings and reviews. So those are a couple of just like paid things that we have. I think you can find links to them on Podchaser, but yeah, we try to make them as affordable as possible for everybody, basically covering our server costs for those types of things. And then you can also leverage Podchaser for looking at things like follower counts. Like you can, in the same way that you would subscribe to a podcast in, you know, whatever, wherever you listen, you can, our language that we use on the website is just follow, but you can see follower counts for different shows. So like you can, you can do research on maybe what content has meeting certain follower thresholds that you want to follow or listen to. And we do have, you know, we do have a tool called Podchaser Pro where it's mostly a tool for agencies doing research on podcasts, looking for things like advertising opportunities or earned media opportunities. That's another thing that we do have. Yeah, very cool. And since you guys have evolved since the launch of Podchaser, what are some of the most exciting developments you've seen on the platform recently? And what do you guys have coming down the pipeline? Uh, yeah, it's there's a lot. <laughs> I think the big one, the one that's going to impact most people is an, a complete overhaul of our search functionality. And this has been a long time coming. If you are using Podchaser at all today and you try to type a keyword in the top search bar, the search results are okay. It's something that could use a lot of improvement. You can see results for podcasts, for episodes, for categories, tags, lists, users, creators. There's just so many different things that are on Podchaser. It, it kind of kind of overwhelming. And the quick results that you get whenever you type in a keyword, you have to like scroll down to see all of them. <laughs> so it's it's just pretty cumbersome to use. So that's going to evolve in the next month to be where you can type in any keyword, and it'll give you a full page experience of search results. So if you're looking for, it could be anything, if you're looking for agriculture or podcasts about, you know, cryptocurrency or something, any topic, you can type that into the search bar, and then it'll show you podcasts that match that, episodes that match that, maybe creators that are regularly appearing on cryptocurrency podcasts, lists that people have built of their favorite podcast about that topic, the users who are have in their bio said that that's the type of show that they like to listen to. So it gives you just uh, an enhanced search experience to better discover shows. So I'm, I'm really excited for that. That's, again, been something that we've talked about for the last five years. And it's something that we're, we're just now getting around to doing. So I'm, I'm excited for it. Awesome. Well, on Podcasting Smarter, we ask everybody the same couple of questions. So what are the podcasts that you like to listen to? I'm a nerd. People sometimes make fun of me for this, but I listen to a lot of running podcasts while I run, which many people don't understand. They're like, what does it tell you to like... That's a niche. Yeah, put one okay. in front of the other <laughs> while you're running. And it's like, no, there's a lot that there's a lot of lot that goes into running, training, you know, racing, all sorts of stuff. So yeah, I listen to running. I, I guess I also listen to like some news podcasts here and there, but that's kind of tough because there's just, it's hard to find good news podcasts that aren't uh, mostly depressing. So <laughs> there's some good ones though, like the newsworthy I recommend and some that take a, a positive spin on on that. So yeah, nice. And where in your opinion, do you believe the industry is headed? Our stance is an open ecosystem where podcasts are available to everybody. The 
opposite of the the walled garden approach. That is the future that we're betting on. <laughs> we want podcasts to be open and available for listeners to discover in in as many places as possible. That's what we support and we'll we'll continue to support that. Absolutely. Well, Cole Raven, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Podcasting Smarter. If you have any podcasting questions or want to get in touch, send us an email at podcastingsmarter at podbean.com. Thanks so much and happy podcasting. Are you a skilled technician? Start getting paid what you're worth. Maintenance, America's premier facility maintenance company, is now hiring skilled, qualified technicians in your area. Maintenance needs the best of the best in plumbing, electrical, HVAC, general maintenance, and more. Enjoy high wages and full benefits. Get equipment and company vehicle at no cost. Become a part of one of the largest self-performing facility maintenance and repair companies in America. Start getting paid what you're worth. Apply today at maintenance.com.